Welcome to Shake and Bake Cast. Today's guest is Franny Shepherd-Pace. Franny is an accomplished prison theater practitioner, director, educator, designer, choreographer, administrator, and performer. She is the founder, director, and lead facilitator of Shakespeare in Prison, SIP, a program of the Detroit Public Theater. Franny works with each prison ensemble to develop the structure, objectives, and pedagogy of the program. In addition to her prison work, Franny serves as Director of Programs for Detroit Public Theater. As a freelance director and sound designer, she has worked with many of Southeast Michigan's professional theaters and educational theater programs. Franny has been recognized for her work as an artist and arts advocate with numerous awards, speaking engagements, and in local, regional, national, and international media. Franny, it's such a pleasure to have you on Shake and Bake Cast. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. The uh, Shakespeare in Prison Project program sounds wonderful. Could you just uh, could you tell us how this actually works? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so the mission of the program is for the people who participate to become empowered by their work, and their work centers around um, not just the theatrical process, but uh, working with Shakespeare um, in particular. So, <clears throat> so part of the way we do that is um, by approaching Shakespeare as a tool um, by which we can gain um, empowerment through um, through uh, the insight that we gain into ourselves, our lives, uh, the people in the world around us through the text. Um, the, the nuts and bolts of it is that um, at the women's prison, we have a nine-month process where we work on one play for the entire season from September to June. And um, we, we read it, we analyze it, we talk about it, um, we come at it from our own lives and interpret it that way. We cast it collaboratively, and then we work together to stage it and ultimately perform it um, for an audience of inmates, staff, and um, a few uh, selected guests. And then, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, at the at the men's prison where we work at Parnell Correctional Facility in Jackson, um, we follow a very similar structure. Um, but right now we're um, we're in our pilot year there, so we're very much figuring it out. And um, thus far, we did one two week intensive, um, which worked. It worked well, but we decided we needed more time, so we've been trying these twelve week workshops, which also work well. Um, but we're going to try a different structure beginning this summer that'll give us the full 40 weeks that we get at the women's prison. Um, so that's the nuts and bolts of how it works. Um, that, uh, that I think covers like the big picture objectives. And then, you know, there are, um, other things that, that fall within those lines, um, that tend to be, um, individual goals for each person that can include something as simple as gaining the confidence to get up in front of somebody and, and, and speak. Cool. Um, uh, understanding that that your ideas have value and people want to listen to them, um, mm -hmm. you know, gaining uh, emotional literacy or or you know, literacy, uh, the ability to to read confidently, um, and uh, and to have this different perspective to understand yourself and your life differently because you begin to look at it um, via the archetypes that we find in Shakespeare. It would it would occur to me that it would be initially a, a tough sell. It, do you find that at all to be the case? You know, um, yes and no. Uh, when 
when I first started at uh, at uh, Women's Huron Valley Correctional Facility in uh, 2012, um, there definitely was a little suspicion um, from the women who signed up about you know what this even was and what the value of it might be. But um, enough of them stuck with it to start to figure out with me what the value was and how to get that value out of it. So there were things like initially I approached it as being very open-ended and with performance being an option uh, because I didn't think that putting that kind of pressure on it would be constructive, but it turns out that um, for us anyway, the performance is a huge part of it because we're working on not just individual goals, but as a team toward this larger goal of putting together this performance. Um, And then when we have completed it, there's this amazing boost, not only to confidence, but um, to the, the sense of accomplishment that one has by sticking through something for such a length of time that is so challenging and, and that translates into other areas of people's lives. So over the years, we built up a culture um, with the program where as we developed it together and got it more solid, um, more people started hearing about it and hearing positive things about it um, and signing up for it and strengthening the program. So now we have this very disciplined ensemble um, who, who take things, we have a lot of fun, but they take the work very seriously and the same has happened at the men's prison very quickly. Um, oh, that's- yeah, partially because, you know, we have developed the culture of the program to a point now where it's coming in and, and knowing that, you know, we've, we've got a really solid jumping off point. And then how does this ensemble at this facility need to uh, modify it? But the basic structure um, and pedagogy is there. And so I think that that, has um, made it easier for people who already came in, some of them a little suspicious and and then very, very invested very quickly um, to begin to modify it and figure out how it works um, at that facility. Um, so, you know, like I said, it's new there and we're going to be figuring it out um, just like we did at the women's prison um, where we just go in and <clears throat> give the process permission to be messy and see, figure it out together, make mistakes together and have success together to figure out how this program works best. I've shared the link to uh, Shakespeare in Prison in the podcast description on SoundCloud. Uh, at the site, I read that the recidivism rate is only 6% uh, for those who participate in the program. Uh, can you theorize why that would be the case, why the rate would be so low? Yeah, sure. Um, so and and I think I need to clarify this on the website that we're only looking at recidivism for people who completed a season, whether they joined at the beginning of the season or not. The only people we're tracking are the ones who performed because, because of what the participants have told us that the performance is where it all becomes clear. It all gels and they, they understand um, better what the process, the value of the process has been and, um, and, and have that sense of accomplishment that, that gives them the boost they need. So we're only tracking the people who've actually performed, um, which at this point at the women's prison, um, 56 people have participated in a performance, some two, three, four, and even five times. Um, and, um, and 31 of those people have gone home. Um, and six of those people have life sentences and probably will not go home. So those are the caveats on that um, statistic from our end. The other caveat with recidivism is that it is a, it's a problematic <clears throat> way of uh, tracking uh, outcomes because 
people define it different ways depending on who you're talking to and not just which state you're in, but, 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 you know, literally who you're talking to, um, is recidivism defined as going back to prison or could any parole violation be included in that? Would it, is a parole violation included or is there, is there a need to have committed a, a, a new separate crime? So, um, so there's, you know, there, there's some, a lot of wiggle room there in terms of what it even is. And then we sure. wonder how much our program plays into the reduction of that rate. So it's been tough until recently to, to know that for certain, because we uh, have not been allowed until recently to be in touch with our alumni on the outside. Um, and so we've just watched that recidivism rate and I've been able to see whether or not people go back to prison. We don't actually know how well they've been doing. But recently, um, the department um, has given us permission to be in touch with people. And so um, we're actually now um, developing and implementing um, a program for folks, uh, our alumni on the outside, so that we can stay in touch if they want to, uh, to provide um, whatever mentorship, professional development opportunities are just like overall, you know, moral support that they might want or need. And being in touch with them that way and working with them that way means we'll be able to measure outcomes in addition to that recidivism rate, which is so low, um, and make sure we understand why it is that low, because our theory is that people are learning skills they need uh, to to give them, you know, the confidence uh, to pursue opportunities and connections that they may not have before, and that that helps them avoid um, the same patterns and situations and people um, that contributed to their incarceration in the first place. Um, but but frankly, we don't we don't actually know that. Um, right. We are going to know it for whoever wants us to know it going forward. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for explaining that so so well. And I, I can only think it would be um, helpful uh, because you mentioned all those uh, important personal goals that uh, uh, those who are incarcerated are trying could try to, to achieve through the, the program. And if they make progress on that, that would cert- you would certainly expect that the recidivism rate would be lower for participants. Well, right. Well, and it can be things that are unrelated too. That's where I'm so interested to be back in touch with people um, to, to learn if what they thought would happen due to their work in the program actually happened. Um, and an example of that is one woman who <clears throat> she came in the year we did Romeo and Juliet, and she was, she had really awful stage fright, but um, she stuck with it because she uh, could see the value of the program for her. She did end up um, having a role. She played Balthazar in uh, in that play. And, um, you know, we have to perform our plays in 90 minutes or less, so we were already making a lot of cuts to the text. And for her, we cut every line we possibly could because it was enough that she was getting on stage at all. And when she did get on stage... Um, for that scene in which she uh, would tell Romeo the the bad news about Juliet, she found she couldn't actually even look up. She was so petrified, but she wasn't going to not perform. And we kind of all came together and said, you know what? If you're giving him such bad news, you probably are not going to want to make eye contact with him. <laughs> so that works. And um, and so she did it that way. She, she looked at her feet the whole time, but she got on stage. She said a few lines and she got off. And like, <clears throat> you know, she didn't she didn't die. The show didn't blow up. And she came back in the fall and she was like, I got this Shakespeare biography. Did you know this, this, and this? I'm taking on a bigger role this year. And like much of her stage fright had just totally dissipated. And and due to the fact that she had done this thing that she really didn't think she could do, she started to think about 
what other things she might be able to accomplish um, that had seemed out of reach. And so she um, joined the auto mechanics program at the prison, um, took a, a certification test that she passed, and was thinking that um, when she went home, she would be able to get a job working on cars, which had been a lifelong goal of hers. Um, and and soon I'm hoping, if she wants to be in touch, that we will be so I can find out whether she was able to um, to, to find a job like that or if she found something else and how much of that she feels is due to the work she did in the program. Um, yeah. so that's, that's one thing that we hope happened um, and, and hopefully we'll know soon. Okay, what a great story. Uh, we're running out of time, but I wanted to take advantage of your guest appearance to uh, ask you one more question, and that's about Detroit Public Theater in general. I've attended performances myself, but I uh, think that it uh, is unknown to uh, many people in southeastern Michigan and uh, want to make every effort to let people know about it. Could you describe uh, Detroit Public Theater and its its mission to our listeners? Absolutely. Um, Detroit Public Theater is the home of Shakespeare in Prison. Um, and, uh, and, and I also am on, on staff for the theater at large as well as doing the prison program. And uh, the, the mission of the theater is to provide um, the, the, the best possible um, professional productions and programming uh, to the city of Detroit and, and to the community at large in Southeast Michigan. And um, we produce our shows at the Max M. and Marjorie S. Fisher Music Center in Midtown Detroit. And, um, and enjoy this amazing partnership with the DSO that enables us to um, produce really high quality professional theater in an amazing location that is accessible for, you know, pretty much everybody. Um, and so um, we, are, we are plugging away at that and hoping that more people can find out about the shows and come and see them and, um, and really welcome people um, to, to, to do that. We, we want to produce theater that is uh, relevant and accessible for everyone. And, um, and so far, I, I think we're doing it. I would agree. It's, it's a, a great experience. And usually uh, each, you select some uh, plays that challenge the audiences too. Yeah, absolutely. And we also try to produce plays um, that have been produced um, or, or, or have not, that, that, that have been produced so far in other regional theater um, communities and at other large regional theaters that haven't been uh, in our community yet and, and maybe wouldn't find another theatrical home here as well as, uh, as world premieres. Um, so we're trying to, you know, not only produce theater that's relevant, but theater that's going to be exciting and that you might not be able to see otherwise, or you might not be able to see it at a venue like this. Well, thank you for, t- for uh, telling us about Detroit Public Theater. In addition to your tremendous project, Shakespeare in Prison, it's been an absolute delight talking to you today, Franny. Yeah, thank you so much. The pleasure's all mine.